ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Monday Night Travel on Nightlife. Well, Viva Las Vegas, the city of lights and dice and glamour that never sleeps. This week, we're diving into the heart of this city, exploring its iconic attractions and treasures, from the wedding chapels, which set the scene for countless love stories, to the fountains of the Bellagio, and, of course, the city's world-class residency scenes, which will see stars like Adele and Barry Manilow and even our very own Kylie gracing the stage this year. Although uh, Las Vegas is essentially synonymous with casinos, isn't it, too? It welcomed a record-breaking 40.8 million visitors in 2023. It's quite an extraordinary number, isn't it? Guiding us through the allure of the Sin City is the Vegas guru himself, David Yeskor. David, good evening and welcome to Nightlife. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great to have you with us, too. Look, tell me about the history of Las Vegas, because as anyone who's ever been there will tell you, you fly over desert for for for, uh, for some hours in some cases, and and it doesn't look as though anything should be alive down there. And all of a sudden, in the middle of absolutely nowhere, here it is. Here's Las Vegas. What's the history of it? So the history of modern Las Vegas really started after World War II. And that's when the the infamous mobster Bugsy Siegel wanted to create a luxurious resort in Vegas for his Hollywood pals to hang out in. And that dream, that vision became the Flamingo. And the Flamingo was, which is still there, of course, was the first modern resort on the Las Vegas Strip. After that, others started. Caesars Palace came in and then... Um, The next visionary, Steve Wynn, built the Mirage, and that kind of really kicked off the modern Vegas Strip and the era of the mega resort on the Vegas Strip. So so those two visionaries really, really had their place in, in kind of setting Las Vegas in motion. Was there was there something else about Nevada that was that was attractive? I mean, did they, were there lax gambling laws or were there other licensing laws that didn't apply? In other words, yes. was, was it a Wild West place in that sense, in a, in a, in a, in a legal sense, which, which led to its growth too? <laughs> yeah, you could say it was already a pretty loose place. So, yes, gambling was legal. There were casinos already. There were casinos in the downtown area, not really on the strip, on the modern strip yet, but there were casinos. Um, you know, it's quicker to get married there. It's quick to get divorced there. Um, it's always been looser. And so that kind of aided the development of modern Las Vegas, those those lax rules, regulations. And and they were eager for growth in Nevada. It was relatively lightly populated. So all those things came together to make it a really fertile ground for for what came next. Mm. And some say, of course, there was the Hoover Dam nearby that provided the water that allowed the city to develop anyway. It sure did. So Hoover Dam provided the water and a lot of jobs. And with those jobs came money. And these guys who were working on the dam needed somewhere to spend it. So so it kind of fed that local economy. And it really it it really all came to be at at once. All these things came into focus at once to make to make Las Vegas what it was. Mm. What's a typical visitor to Las Vegas? I mean, is the is the the tourism is essentially domestic, isn't it? I mean, Americans love Las Vegas. Well, a lot of them do. They they go there in large numbers. Yeah, you know, Americans are are probably the biggest number of visitors, but there are a lot of international visitors. Hmm. And I can say I can say there really is no typical visitor. It's young, old, in between, rich, poor, hip, domestic, international guests. 
all are kind of drawn to Vegas because it's so different. It's exciting. It's innovative. It's always changing. And it's, you know, it's really like no other destination. So, so there really isn't a typical visitor, although I can say that midweek are when most international visitors visit. That's when their tours bring them. Weekends, um, people from Los Angeles invade Las, Las Vegas in numbers that, you know, would dwarf the D-Day invasion. It's, it's everybody from LA is in, in Las Vegas on the weekend. So, so my advice to visitors is to avoid the weekends if possible and, and arrive in Vegas midweek. Yes, anybody who's seen the film The Hangover, of course, <laughs> would also think <laughs> sure. that, that Las Vegas is also probably synonymous with the, with the boys' trip away. <laughs> or, right, or right. for that matter, the girls' trip away, too. Is, oh, right. is that, oh, that's part cool. of the market, too, I guess, is it? That, it? that is a big part of the market. Bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, girls' getaways. The city really caters to that. All the clubs, uh, the strip clubs, the, the night clubs, the day clubs, the pool day clubs. They're busy. They're they're jammed, and, and um, they cater to that market in Las Vegas, uh, mm. just as they do to all these other markets to draw all these other demographics. Because there's a there's a big sense that the expression "what uh, what goes on on tour stays on tour" <laughs> is <laughs> right, probably right. very much the happens, case for Vegas, is it? <laughs> used to say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but not to me because I report on it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, uh, that's right. But I know it's also what was it part of the attraction too? Was it the availability of 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 legalized sex that uh, was a big part of Vegas? I remember the very first time I went there, there was a, a truck drove us past us on the freeway, which said, "Call this number and a girl will come to your room." And I looked at the truck yeah. and I thought, "I wonder if they're in the back of the truck." <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's close. It's close to that. So, so it isn't quite prostitution. Isn't quite legal in Las Vegas. Really? It is in some outer. It is in some outer areas. Uh-huh. That's not to say that prostitution isn't booming in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. Um, it is, and so there's escorts who will come to come to your room. There's prostitution. It's not heavily policed, I should say. So there's some leeway there, and of course there's these giant strip clubs that are just off the strip, and mm-hmm. those are are great for guys getaways. So Las Vegas is just a little looser. So there are still laws that govern these things, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little more relaxed, I would say, than in other places, and and that's where the reputation, the Sin City reputation, certainly comes in. Yes, indeed. There are other, uh, as you, I mean, l- moving on to more wholesome pursuits, I suppose, David. There's <laughs> there's plenty of uh, of great things to do in Las Vegas because, uh, I mean, there are tremendous shows, but there are just shows. I mean, there are there are amazing fun parks. There's almost any activity you'd like to think of in uh, in terms of amusement and entertainment takes place there but also the you know the sh- but let's talk about the shows for a start what what's vegas's appeal to huge global stars like adele and so on is it simply that they can get extended stays there for a lot of dough what's what's the attraction that's part of it. That's certainly part of it. You know, the, the obvious financial benefit is the money's great. Yeah. But it's also, I think, primarily, and this is from people I've talked to, it's the ease and the comfort of having a residency versus touring, which is inherently difficult, you yeah. know, under any circumstances. Difficult and expensive and, so, and, expensive and insurance difficult costs. And expensive, difficult and expensive. And these residence, residencies, these, these stars come to town. They're either staying right in the hotel or in a condo or a home nearby. They do three shows on the weekend. They stay during the week. They come back and do another three shows the next weekend. 
and it's incredibly easy for them and comfortable. Mm. And they'd much rather do this, make the same money they could on the road, but in a much more comfortable, easy and healthy fashion if they're staying in one place. So, so that's something that Las Vegas can offer just because of the number of people coming into the city. As you mentioned off the top, 40 million visitors a year. There are plenty of people to fill up these, these, these theaters for three, four shows a week for these stars. Yeah. So why, why should they go anywhere else? They can just be in Vegas and everybody will come to them. Yes, it's like Colonel Tom Parker told Elvis, didn't he? No, no need to go anywhere. Right. <laughs> no no, right, no right, need exactly. to go. Didn't tell him the truth, but, he, <laughs> but to, some degree, <laughs> to some degree he had a point, didn't he? That <laughs> you're going to make did. a lot of money yeah. just staying here. <laughs> Exactly. That's he. He did have a point. He was a visionary in his way too. Mm. Yes, it's um, the, 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 for those who haven't been there. Tell me about the strip. Now, this is basically the main drag of of Vegas, isn't it? This is the main drag. This is Las Vegas Boulevard. Between um, it runs about two or three miles, and all the major casino resorts uh, are on the strip. Mm. So you can walk between certain, you know, a few of them, but it, it's a ways to walk the whole thing, of course. So there's transportation, there's bus service that goes up and down. You can take Ubers or Lyfts, of course, there's rides here and taxis. But these hotels, these casino resorts are really, they're really destinations unto themselves. So just walking through these is entertainment. Bellagio, as you mentioned, the, the fountains mm. show out front, the conservatory inside the canals running through the Venetian, uh, Caesar's Palace, which is just this iconic resort that's, you know, the oldest and best known resort on the Strip. is just fantastic to walk through. And as you mentioned, the shows, I mean, you can't see shows like this anywhere else. For instance, Cirque du Soleil, which is known worldwide for their, their touring shows, has six resident shows in Las Vegas. And these theaters for each of Cirque du Soleil show were designed specifically for those shows. And they're fantastic. And so you can't see anything like this in their touring shows because they, they don't spend as much money to build these, yeah. essentially. So what you have in Vegas are just over-the-top entertainment that you can't see anywhere else. And the hotels are like anywhere else, you know, 5,000 rooms. And the best restaurants and, and celebrity chefs from all over the world have one, two, sometimes three restaurants in town. So entertainment, dining, spa, hotels, it really is a world-class destination with, with no equal. No. And, and that's, what, that's what makes it so different. Why hasn't anybody tried to take it away from them? It always puzzles me too, David, that you've got big cities like, Las, like LA, Los Angeles nearby. I mean, it's a few hours' drive away uh, and so on. Uh, have they ever been a, compet- a competition for, for Vegas or, or, or not? Because as you, as you rightly say, the level of entertainment, the quality of entertainment is quite extraordinary in Las Vegas. Have they, has anybody ever tried to um, take them on? No, not really. I mean, I mean no other city has the scale or, or had the, the geographic footprint, essentially, mm. to, to permit something like this. So, you know, L.A. was already pretty built built out um, and Las Vegas has been there for, you know, booming for 60 years, yeah. 70 years. So, so nobody would dare take them on. I could say that the closest thing would be in Macau. Um, you know, Macau, uh, a lot of the Las Vegas casino resorts went into Macau and built up and there's big resorts there. But Macau still doesn't have the same 
I don't know. It doesn't have the same feel, the same excitement that Vegas does. No, I agree with that. And, I've, been, I've so been to Macau. I think really that's right. The, yeah, yeah. It, like, it can't. It's, that's the closest imitation, I would say, mm. or uh, the closest iteration of Las Vegas. But but it doesn't even make it. You know, mm. even halfway. So so it's it's a combination of having the geographic footprint, the know how, the gaming know how, the laws, um, all that had to come together to make Las Vegas what it was. And, and there's no other destination that can really match mm. that. Yes. The casinos, as you say, are the backbone of it, aren't they? And, uh, you know, every, I mean, when you go into the big hotels, you have to usually walk through the, the gaming gambling sections of the hotel to get to your room. Right. You do. <laughs> so. You do. And, and once upon a time, once upon a time, it was all about gaming, gaming, yeah. gaming, essentially fed, fed the resorts with everything they needed they didn't have to make money on rooms on restaurants now that's changed in the last few years gaming is really just about a third of the revenue pie for the okay. casino resorts everything else is restaurants spa shopping entertainment all those have to be profit centers now before right. they didn't have to make money they were just there to draw the gamblers now everything has to be a profit center or it doesn't survive it gets replaced with something else and so that's how modern Las Vegas, the, the, the economics of modern Las Vegas has really changed in the last 20 years um, in that everything's got to make money now, and it does. Hmm. David Yeskel is with us, travel journalist, and we're talking about Las Vegas, uh, which is uh, what heavy you might think. It's a remarkable destination. One of the great things about Las Vegas also is that it's a great stop-off. Oh, it's a great jumping-off point, isn't it, David, for for the Grand for the Grand Canyon, if you've never been the to Grand the Grand Canyon, you should see it. It's one of the great sites of the world, and uh, you know to get there. Well, you can drive there from LA, but I mean, it's uh, if you've flown to to Las Vegas, it's not that far to drive from Vegas, and the drive is amazing because you can go via the the Hoover Dam uh, yeah. to to the Grand Canyon as well. That would be the the big day. That well, it's, you can do it in a day too. Um, you can do it less unless in a helicopter, can't you? Yeah, you can do less than a helicopter, but the helicopters actually don't fly you to the south rim, which is where you really want to be. So yeah, yeah. I advise people against the helicopters. I advise them to either take the drive. It's about five hours, so it's a little much to do in a day. Um, you can certainly do an overnight there and then come back the next day. Or a lot of international guests make the loop between L.A., San Francisco, Las Vegas, and the Grand Canyon. So yeah. a lot of tours have those set where they'll go to all four. But um, yes, the Grand Canyon is certainly a popular destination from Las Vegas. But just know that it's about a five-hour drive. It's a very easy drive, but it's it's a lot to do in one day and then come back. But but if you do, um, I'd say avoid the helicopters and, and get to the south rim, which is where the best scenery is yeah. in the Grand Canyon. It is jaw-dropping, the Grand Canyon, if you've never it seen is. it. You probably, you probably think, oh, well, it's just, you know, just like a big hole in the ground. No, it's not. It's, it's really. No, it's not. It's, it's, not. it's spectacular. <laughs> it's, it is spectacular. It really is spectacular. Yeah. So what's what's what are the big things for 2024, David? Oh, 2024. Well, there's just a new resort just opened, the Fountain Blue Las Vegas, and I was just there to write about it. It is drop dead gorgeous, and I think it's a must see now in Vegas. It it kind of brings back an elegance and a swagger that. That Las Vegas hasn't seen in years. You know, when I was there, there was Paul Anka opened the resort. It's got like this almost like a 50s and 60s Rat Pack swagger 
Uh, there's Sinatra playing, but it's modern luxury and, and it's just gorgeous. Beautiful two-level casino. So that's something to see here in Vegas. There's a great new show at Wynn called Awakening. Um, last year I wrote about it. I called it the best new show of 2023, but it's still new for this year. There's the Sphere, which is this immense global entertainment venue. You may have seen photos of it. It's a giant sphere with an exosphere that that uh, has all this great imagery on it. And inside, it's kind of like IMAX on steroids. Mm. It's all around you. It's a concert venue. It's a movie venue. New restaurants, um, new shows. Th that's what's great about Vegas. It's always changing. It's always evolving. What do you reckon? And if you haven't been there yeah. for a month, it's new. <laughs> what do you reckon an ideal length of time to stay is? I mean, not everyone. We have no one has got all the time in the world, but a few days. Yeah, I think? would say three. Three. I'd say three nights is good. Um, yeah. Some people do two nights. I'd say if you're coming from, you know, uh, certainly if you're coming from Australia or anywhere else internationally, I'd say a minimum of three nights. Yeah, And you want to get in the shows, some of the Cirque du Soleil shows, or see Awakening and eat in some of the great restaurants. So you need to do your homework before because you want to maximize your time there. So, yeah. um, and, bo and book the I mean, shows, not, you're quite right. Yeah. Right. You, you want to try to book the shows in advance, get into some of the restaurants, sell out. But as I mentioned earlier, try to avoid weekends because everything's more expensive. It's tougher to get into everything on the weekend. So Sunday through Thursday nights are what's a great time to visit Vegas, except for convention periods. And, and you can kind of see those on the, on the hotel's rate calendars on their websites. You can kind of see where there's a lull period, and, and that's what you should look to book. So it's really, in Vegas, it's knowing where to look and when to book, and, hmm. and it's uh, timing, timing your visit to make it right. David, it's been terrific to talk with you, uh, and uh, thank you for introducing us to this quite remarkable place. Thanks. It was great, great having you. You've been listening to a Nightlife podcast. For more great conversations about the issues that impact you, as well as features on travel and food, head to the Nightlife webpage. You'll find it at abc.net.au slash nightlife. You don't need to be a night owl to enjoy the nightlife. 